Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am your host, Wilk of Wilksworld.com, and I am so incredibly grateful that you are taking the time to join me for another powerful DTH episode. Friends, at the D-Rate the Hate podcast, it's all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. See, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. That all starts with gratitude and personal accountability. We cannot control everything that happens to us in life, but we can control how we react to it. How we act, how we react, no matter what happens to us, how we react to it makes the difference. Friends, there is only one good thing about a bad attitude, and that is that we have the ability as individuals to change it. Here on the DTH Podcast, we strive to bring you great guests and provide tools to do just that. Please be sure to share it with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Ratings and feedback are always greatly appreciated. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. Friends, not a single human being has ever died from a snake bite. In reality, what kills is not the bite, but the actual venom. Venom kills when you hold on to hate and negative emotions. You are allowing the venom of hate to kill your positive mental fitness. Think about the last time that you were filled with hate or negative emotions. How helpless did you feel? My guest this week, Colin C. Thompson, has also felt that feeling of helplessness. Fortunately, after building up his mental fitness, Colin was able to avoid negative emotions and that feeling of helplessness. Colin C. Thompson is a certified positive intelligence coach, and through sharing his own experiences with you, you will gain new insights on mental fitness and what mental fitness is. By listening to our conversation, you will pick up on tools to combat hate, improve your relationships, and increase your peace of mind and well-being. Your ability to maintain a positive mindset regardless of what is happening to you is an ability that you can and will learn from our conversation. I say it every week, my friends, and I cannot stress it enough. We cannot control everything that happens in the world around us, but we can control how we react to it. Stay tuned for some great tips from my new friend Colin C. Thompson on mental fitness and how we can defeat our self-saboteurs, how to live a life by design, and live our best and greatest life. With that, here we go. Colin C. Thompson, welcome to the D-Rate the Hate podcast, my friend. It's good to see you. Thank you for your time. So, well, what if I told you your mind is your best friend, but also your absolute worst enemy? I would say you're pretty correct, and I'd love for you to expand on that, Colin, because uh, I, I've personally experienced both, where uh, where it's my best friend and my worst enemy, and sometimes in the same day. So why don't you tell me what you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is, you know, I think we're going to talk about self-sabotage. And one of the things, one of the ways that we sabotage ourselves is by listening, quite frankly, to our saboteurs. And we have a a number of saboteurs. I call these our mini-me's, our mini-me's that sit on our shoulder and tell us all these powerful, powerful, powerful lies. The first lie is, I can't do it. The first lie is, it's too hard. Second lie is, I messed up again, I'm going to mess up again. On the other shoulder, we have our sage who tells us, hey, we can do this, we can do it. That's our best friend. We can do it. You messed up before, don't worry about it. This time we get it right. The problem is, though, 
our, our, our saboteurs who are lying to us, telling us all these negative wor- negative beliefs, they are much stronger than our sage. It's like when somebody says something to you that is negative. It takes many more positive statements to get you back to being at that neutral mindset. So if somebody says to you, ah, oh, you're, 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 you're stupid. If I, tell, if I tell you, well, you're smart, I got to say seven times to you before you actually believe it and get rid of that one negative comment. So again, how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves goes very far to how we believe in ourselves. So our mind could be our best friend, being our best cheerleader, or our mind could be our worst enemy and helping us self-sabotage and not allowing us to live a life by design or live a life that we're proud of when it's time for us to leave this place. No, that's absolutely right. I, I think you you made some really great points there, Colin, because often and I've talked about it on the on the D-Rate They Hate podcast a number of times, that reticular activating system and, mm-hmm. and how we tend to focus on uh, or or seek out more things that we focus on the most. And, and, and one of the biggest problems we have as human beings is we, we get hung up on those negative things. We get hung up on those those negative vibes. And if somebody says if somebody says something bad about you. That's going to be that one thing that you're going to hang on to. Everybody else can say positive stuff all day long, but for some reason, that self-sabotage gets in there and we just start to focus on it. And then the problem is, Colin, is we start to seek out points of affirmation for that and it becomes a perpetual cycle, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that when we talk about, for example, self-sabotage, and you mentioned that somebody will say something negative and we focus on that. It's now there. It's always there. It's been there since childhood. So it's more of us developing patterns from childhood to adulthood that we may not really be aware of. For example, you may have some, some kids or a child who grows up, and when he was a child, his parents never really paid much attention to him unless they were mad, unless the child did something and got in trouble. That's when the parent gave them attention. As that child grows up into adolescenthood, into being a young man, into being a, 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 an adult, they may have that pattern. They may find themselves always trying to get attention by doing things that anger other people. And so that, that's a pattern that's been developed as a child. So when somebody um, says something and they hold on to it negatively, that pattern could have been developed as a child. So, if, you know, if a parent says to a child, you know what, you're, you're not as smart as your brother, you're not as smart as your sister or you're stupid, you're lazy. They may carry that to adulthood. And a lot of well, a lot of adults call themselves lazy because their parents did. Their parents call them lazy. So we've had these patterns for a number of years, and it's very hard to change these patterns unless we understand mental fitness and how to sort of change the way we take in negative, negative emotions and negative comments and negative stimuli. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think... Uh, again, you're, you're making you're making some incredible points. So, so Colin, let's talk about the obvious. Talk talk about how do we avoid that? How do we avoid building them patterns? And how once once those patterns are established, how do we start to combat those and, and work our way into a healing process to get beyond that that negative self image or those those things those ways that we act out to try and gain attention because that's what we're used to. What does a person have to do from your experience to start to win that battle? <laughs> I'm glad you said from my experience because 
I'm going to tell you how I did it. I had to train for a, a marathon. However, not a literal running marathon, more of a mental marathon. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So, so look, if I ask you, because a lot of people don't understand the definition of mental fitness. However, if I said physical fitness, so, so Wilk, how would you define physical fitness? Well, I would, I mean, you start with ha- having a body that's, that's able to uh, have the stamina to perform great physical tasks, I guess. Physical fitness is, is somebody whose body is, is strong, body is, is able to work out or, or do physical labor or do things for long periods of time with, uh, you know, a, a good amount of endurance. And, and a, I guess that's how people define physical fitness. I don't know. I haven't been fit physically in quite a while, but that's, <laughs> that's just me. You know, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> you're actually, that's actually very accurate. Very accurate. You said a lot of key things there. And one way to define physical fitness is, well, not define it, but give an example of it. If you're in poor physical fitness and you try to climb up a very steep hill, halfway up there, you're going to get tired. Legs get heavy, chest off the burn. You may give up. You might not make it. If you do make it, you're going to, you're going to be really, really feeling some negative physical pain. If you're in great physical fitness, you can climb up that mountain, walk up the mountain, no problem. It's the exact same thing with our mental fitness. If we're trying to, as we try to go through life, the ups and downs, and quite frankly, the downs of life, if we're not in strong mental fitness, we can't handle trivial things. We can't handle pet peeves. The way we define mental fitness is our ability to go through this uh, wonderful, crazy, hopefully long thing called life and maintain a positive rather than a negative mindset. That's mental fitness. But just as you were talking about endurance, in order to be physically fit, in order to run a marathon, you don't wake up day one and run a marathon. You can't, you, can't no, do that. you can't do that. You can't do that. It takes months and months and months and months of training to be able to run a marathon, to be able to be physically fit to run one of the longest races we have. Same thing with building up your mental fitness. You have to day one, you have to start and learn how to start handling little small things that may get you a little bit upset may piss you off, so to speak. And the more you're able to, to, to build up over time, over time, over time, months, years later, you can then handle major incidents in our life that will typically bring us a lot of negative emotions. It's sort of like when you go to the gym on day one, you don't bench press 200 pounds. You start with light weights and over time you build up, build up, build up. And with building up your mental fitness, I say one of the best places to start is with a pet peeve. Okay, with a pet peeve. The pet peeves, the little things that that get you upset for maybe 30, 40 minutes to an hour, but doesn't ruin your entire day. Earlier, you talked about the things that we do all day. Don't start there. Start with a pet peeve, right? right? Something that you can manage. You know, maybe your kid or your wife or something, your spouse, excuse me, pisses you off. Work on that first, right? And then once you have that power, bigger muscle, bigger pet peeve, bigger pet peeve, bigger pet peeve, until you can handle that driver cutting you off on the road without yelling and screaming and getting getting upset. It was just strength and conditioning of your emotional being. Strength and conditioning, just like you would physically, you know, you're, you're building up. But I like that idea that starting with the, the pet peeve, start with something small, 
something that bugs you. And, and, and once it doesn't bug you, then you can move on. Just like that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it really <laughs> makes sense. I, you know, I, I don't think most people think about it that way, but uh, I can dig it. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I, let me give you an example. Um, and this is, this is, this is interesting in my house. My wife, for some reason, she always leaves the microwave door open. Small thing, right? And without the microwave, the door is open, the light's on. Mm-hmm. So the microwave door is open, there's no light until you turn it on. With ours, the door is open, the light's on. So to me, that's that's power being wasted. That's us not taking care of the planet and me wasting money. So I always want to do two things. Close, close the microwave door and let her know I'm closing the door. So I'll, I'll slam that thing, man. Wow. Just so she can hear it. She'll, oh, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry. And let her know how pissed I am. And then I will turn around and be pissed. Right. And I said, OK, let me start here. OK, so a couple of things I have to do is and we, we do this anytime we're going through something that makes us upset. The first thing to do is be mindful that you're being triggered. So I said, let me work on this. When I turn the corner and go into the kitchen, if that microwave door is open, how am I going to feel? I turn, I see it open. Wait, it's a call. I'm being triggered again. I recognize the fact that my heat is going up. Let me, initially, don't try to change behavior. So I'm still slamming it, right? But I was being mindful that I feel I'm being triggered. I'm being triggered. I'm being triggered. Then soon after I said, I'm being triggered, let me act differently. And here's how I did it. Let me have empathy for her. And it's interesting because my, my wife's pet peeve is after my shower, I have a habit of putting my wet towel on the bed. Now, Wilk, it drives her crazy. And I don't do it on, pur- I don't, I don't do it on purpose all the time. Sometimes I'm doing it on purpose, right? But typically, I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. And so, so, you know, I just forget. You know, I dry off, put, on, put, put, put my towel on the bed, put clothes on, and I walk out the room. I really forget. So I said, let me give her some empathy and say, perhaps she's not doing this just to piss me off. Perhaps she just really forgot. So I said, if I look at it like that, the same way I forget my towel, then let me act different. I can't get mad at that. Because right? when she gets mad at me, I'm like, honey, I just didn't realize that. So same thing, right? benefit of the doubt. So what I did was very powerful. I said, when I turn this corner, no matter what happens, I'm going to act different. Turn a corner, doors open. And here's what I did. I closed it quietly, turned around, I walked out. And that was it. No raising of the temperature, no letting her know I'm mad. And I just started doing that each time, each time, each time. And to the point now, I have no even, no blip when I see the door open. Not a big thing. Boom, 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 boom. And what was was interesting is now she closes it much more often also. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how that works? You know, I I, got to tell you, Colin, because I've got my own story. I I grew up with a lot of anger. I, I used to do a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, mm-hmm. a lot of breaking stuff. And my story and, and the way that I've turned myself around is so similar to that mindset. You know, just just realizing that I can't control everything around me. I can't control everything that happens in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. But I have the absolute ability to control how I'm going to react to it. I have the responsibility to myself and to everybody around me to react to those things better. And, you know, once I started to realize that, once I started to take back control Mm -hmm. of those things, not the things that I can't control, but 
the ability to control how I'm going to react to them. Right. My whole life got a lot better. And guess what else happened? I didn't notice so many of those things anymore that pissed me off. Like you're talking about any of those things or many of those things that used to bother me so much. They just kind of go away. They're still there. But once you tell yourself you're not going to allow those outside forces to control how you're going to react. They just don't matter anymore. And life becomes a lot better, doesn't it? Absolutely. And relationships are improved as well. And your story there is a perfect example of how you built up your mental fitness. It's sort of like if you're trying to train for, for, again, a marathon and you can't run a mile. Six weeks later, you don't even worry about a mile, right? The mile doesn't even phase you anymore. Same thing. As you mentioned, these things that used to trigger me before, don't even get a blip on, on your radar now. That is a great story. And you should really, you should really inspire other people who I also used to be a hothead. So I know what it feels like to no longer be viewed by your friends and family as a hothead. Because mm-hmm. hotheads have a reputation of just, you know, sometimes going too far, ruining the environment, and don't get alcohol involved. Right? right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I love my I love my cold beers. I'm not gonna lie to you. But uh but yeah, that was definitely one of those things back in the day that uh would exacerbate the situation because when you're trying to control your own mental fitness, when you're trying to control how you're going to react to situations that are out of your control, you better have pretty good control of yourself. And uh, yeah, when, once you introduce a bunch of alcohol into the mix, definitely can change the dynamic of things yeah, and, yeah. and how they're happening. But, but no, I, I, you know, I, I love that just starting with the premise that we all have to realize. And I, and I say it at, at the beginning of every show, we can't, we can't control everything that happens in our life or the world in which we live, but we have the absolute responsibility to make sure that we control how we're going to react to it. Viktor Frankl started, you know, his, his theory, uh, just, just being able to control our mind mm-hmm. and, and not give, in his case, his captors, you know, in the, in the prison camps, Nazi Germany, not give his captors the ability to control his reactions and 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 i think that you know reading a man's search for meaning was one of the first things for me that helped me to start turning myself around and uh coaches like you i, I know coaches uh, you know people who do the 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 positivity and, and the you know the positive intelligence coaching like you do uh colin it does incredible thing for people because unlike you know, my story, I spent several years angry and I spent several years trying to get unangry. And I don't think people realize how, how much quicker that it can happen if they've got the right coach or if they've got the right mentor, if, or if they're listening to the right podcast, right? Um, <laughs> those things are possible. And, 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 but it really starts with the individual, right? It starts with individual responsibility, <clears throat> personal intelligence, mental fitness, but it all starts, it all comes right back to the individual and how the individual is going to react. I think you're spot on. And I think it all comes down to the individual asking themselves or having an answer for one question. Why? Why do I want to make a change? 
And a lot of times, well, people have various reasons as to why they want to make a change. But the why is one of the most important, the most important aspect of people who want to do better. Because a lot of us try to do better. (laughs) A lot of us want to do better. A lot of us should do better. A lot of us could do better. A lot of us don't do better. A lot of times we may start down that road of, of trying to do better and we give up. And we're not able, and not because we're lazy or we don't know what to do, but it's just too hard. And I say, when people tell me, Colin, I tried to do something, but I couldn't do it. I say two things. I say, why isn't your why strong enough? And what were you not willing to give up? Because anytime we're going to improve ourselves, we have to give up some things to be open for other things. So the why, the why is so important because the why will pull you through those tough times. The why will make you not hit the snooze button. And look, you know, so many of us are going through life hitting the snooze button on our greatness. But don't get me started on that. Just hitting that snooze button <laughs> every, every single day, right? But, you know, for your community, identify what is that powerful why. For me, one of the reasons why I, I, I sort of, like you, stopped being the hothead and whatnot was because I saw how it was impacting my relationships. My father was a very abusive person, um, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the, all the, the, whole, the whole range of abuse. And I found that when I was dating somebody or whatnot, I would get mad and they would sort of, you know, sort of. I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm never physically, I'm never physically abusive, but 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 verbally, yes. Not saying you're stupid, but just yelling. And I see them sort of retract like somebody's some going to hit them. I say, no, no, no. I saw that in my household. I can't be like that. I can't do that. So that was my why. Because I cannot, I, I cannot have the same patterns as my father, because I saw I saw what it did to us. So my why was very strong and that helped me to the point now my wife now i don't know why how it's happened my wife is very tough right she, she she's tough um but one thing about her is she she is she's not good at accepting any confrontation whatsoever so if you raise your voice no she can't take it you know if you if you even outside of a stranger get uh, raise your voice to her she can't take it so i can't you know we haven't had like a large large, large yelling argument in eight years because right. it's just not something she can accept. So, and that helps, right? Being with the right people. So as you try to improve yourself, and unless you will, when you start to change and go from being a hothead, being angry, to not being angry, how many friends did you lose? Thankfully, that that was not one of the traits that people look for me as a as a fun factor, I don't think. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you know, so, uh, but, but you know what? It, it took me... I. I I'll be completely honest, Colin. Like I said, it took me a long time, both staying out of relationships and staying away from different things. And I mm-hmm. did my transition at the same time that I moved all the way across the country. So, so I, mm-hmm. I, while I was going through my transition, I didn't have a lot of people I was hanging around with. I spent a lot of time on my own in a truck, things like that. Cause I was a truck driver a lot for quite a long okay. time and a lot of reading, a lot of books, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of talk talk shows and and you know podcasts and things like that helped me along in my transition. But I spent a lot of time alone doing it. So so I I can't really say that that was uh, one of those things that that really made a difference for me in in the 
it, during my transition. transition. But uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, thankfully, I don't think a, a lot of my friends were. No, they they. I think a few of them probably thought it was funny once in a while to maybe sign me up for a boxing match when I was a little drunker than I should have been and couldn't hardly <laughs> stand up anyway. That's a whole entirely different story, but uh, but a funny one nonetheless. But it's interesting because for the, for the longest time, so let's say, for example, in 2000, 2014, I was able to make that change, right? And for a long time, I'm going to say years after, I've been in situations where I thought, oh my gosh, I miss being a hothead. I miss, you know, am I, am I, am I, am I soft now? Am I, am I not, you know, have, have I lost something? Because I no longer even feel the need to get upset. Whereas some, for the first, first few months, years, I still had it in me, but I wouldn't let it come out. Meaning, oh, I want to just, ooh, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I wouldn't even get upset. I'm like, wow, am I not as hard as I used to be? Am I getting soft? So, and that's what you go through. That's my saboteur trying to, trying to tell me that be, being a calm guy is not who I really am. And now, now, I can say that I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to. What's it called? Um, um when you're, when you're, when you're living, um, what's it called? When, when you're, when you're fake it till you make it, right? I don't have imposter syndrome. First, I had imposter syndrome, whereas I'm still a hothead, but I'm not letting it go out. Now. I'm totally not a hothead. Now I'm a very calm. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a you know a happiness coach, so to speak, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that transition takes a while. Yeah, it does. It does. And I I still find myself, Colin. I'm not gonna lie. I still find myself in situations where I can feel my blood pressure going up. I can feel that part of me inside that's that's fixing to yell. But I I can now consciously look at those situations and see what I used to be, and see what I am now. And I can steer my myself in the right direction a lot easier. You know, I can see those two. I can see my sage and I can see my self-saboteur. I can see them both, I guess, in my peripheral vision. And and I know which direction that I want to go. And and I and I've and I know that I've got that. And I know I'm a better person for having that ability now. So I, I am I'm grateful for that, eternally grateful, you know, to the man upstairs for that in in you know in my case there's one more c s-e-e there's one more okay yeah as you mentioned you can see yourself before yeah you can see yourself now where do you see yourself in the future will better than i am today what's that mean just continuous improvement I, i mean that that's the big thing for me is is just trying to be a better person tomorrow than i was today and you know that's why i do the podcast that's why I try to help other people. That's why that's why it's all about. It's about bettering the world one attitude at a time. And that starts with each of us as an individual. I say it all the mm-hmm. time, you know, just trying to make a, a better bet the world a better place by being a better person. And, and that's why I'm continuously trying to improve and help other people improve. What's that look like? Right. Paint a picture. A lot of your audience actually have an image of what that is, because there's so many different ways to, to define that. But you know, what's an example of you being a better person tomorrow than you are today? And ultimately, what's your next betterment milestone, right? You want to do two things, right? You want to better your life and you must better your life above everything else. Because if you don't better your life, you can't help anybody else. Right? That's right. You must take care of yourself first. Your life jacket goes on first. So so just play with it for a second. What is your next 
life betterment milestone for yourself or for your community? Leaving leaving a better legacy for my for my children, uh, giving giving my my wife and my children something to be proud of, and uh, and ultimately leaving a better world for them. That's it for me. Uh, that's that's really the big thing for me, trying to make the world a better place and leaving that legacy. So that's uh, that's ultimately what it's about for me. Okay, okay. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned you want to leave a legacy for your children. I hear that. I look at that's you know years and years and years and years and years from now, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that's, that's beautiful. But what's your next milestone? The next six months, how have you become a better person today? I'm sorry, how have you become a better person six months from now than you are today? And you know, not not as far as metrics. You know, I'm, I'm slimmer, I'm faster, I'm smarter. We can't measure that. I mean, what can what paint a picture for us, right? Six months from now, what are you doing? And, and 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 giving your kids a better experience, better life than you're doing today. What's the specific way you're improving yourself? Right? What is that goal? Because if you don't have that particular goal in mind, then what are you really going for? Right? And you talk about living life by design. It's about having these strong goals. And one thing is having goals that really help us live a better life. And again, if we're living a better life, odds are our friends, family, community are as well because we're contributing, we're contributing to them. So what's one example or goal you have for you know, living a better life six months from now? I would say taking the podcast to the next level, uh, starting to do more public speaking engagements, things like that. So, so not just depending on the internet to uh, carry my voice and my message, but to actually get out there amongst people mm-hmm. and, and really shaking hands and, and, and getting, yeah. you know, involved with people more on a personal level than just, just on the, on the, uh, on the podcast platform itself. I, I think that's, that's really where I would like to see things going, you know, uh, with, with this aspect of my life in the next six months anyway. Yeah. And a powerful thing is you have a powerful platform. A lot of people don't have platform, but you have a powerful platform. And my last question, okay. And, and with my coach hat on, right. Okay. What, what, when you say to the next level, what does that mean? And when you say public speaking engagements, how many, right? Get to that level of detail. I want to do, um, I want to do five public speaking events, three, three in person, one, two virtual, right? The next level on my podcast, that means I'm on these platforms that have X amount of da, 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 da. That's specific because then you can measure, you benefit to measure your progress and it motivates you as you, as you start to build momentum. It motivates you to keep going, keep going, keep going. And then you can say, look, I did it. You know, mental fitness, right? Same thing. Pet peeves no longer get me. Look, I did it. Um, next level, next level um, podcast, um, five public speakings. I did it. Let me go bigger now, right? So mental, mental, but having these very specific goals. I like it. Specific goals. Metrics that you can measure. I mean, just like the same things that same things that I do in business now. Be specific. Mm-hmm. Lay out those expectations, and then figure out ways to achieve them. Find out what what works, what doesn't. Scale it, make it make sense, and make it happen. Wilk, you said you said the key thing that I could, I, I could tell this in your area. You said do A, B, and C. Then, right after, then figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Set the goal, the powerful why, because how doesn't matter. Right. If your why is strong enough, you'll figure out a way. Right. Set the goals. What, what are the metrics? What's my time? I want to do in six months. Now that I have this, this powerful goal, 
Now I can think about how, because how's not important, right? You figure it how out. But as you said, then figure out how, but set that goal first. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a great, uh, it's a great way to put it, my friend. That's uh, powerful advice. Powerful advice. So, so let's take this back to full circle. We, yeah. uh, we talked about self-saboteur. We talked about goals. We talked about how to make things better and, and, and starting off with baby steps and, and, and finding a way to make sure that we are in control of those reactions to things that we can't control. What's the best way to get started? What's step one, Colin? As far as not being triggered when you're being saboteured, when you find yourself in a situation that where you may react wrongly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what's the very first thing that, that a person has to do? I mean, I, I know the baby steps with, you know, like slamming the microwave uh, door, start with pet peeves. Where do we got to start? It's all got to start in here, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the very first, first of all, as you mentioned, it's a long road, but it's a long, tough road, but it's worth, it's, it's worth the mileage. The first, the very first thing is being mindful that you're being triggered, being mindful that you're being bothered, being mindful that you're feeling a different way. Because if you're, if you're oblivious to it, then you can't make a change. But if you're getting upset, again, don't try to not get upset initially. Just be mindful, I'm getting upset again, and here's why. I'm getting upset again, and here's why. I'm getting upset again, and here's why. And after you're able to really be more mindful and recognize when you're getting upset, you can then start saying, I'm getting upset again, Damn it. Oh, this again? Let me start now taking a different behavior. But the first thing is being mindful and not trying to run a marathon day one, right? Don't try to calm yourself down. First of all, don't calm yourself down while you're, while you're in it. It's hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. Just be in it. And once, you, once, once it's calmed down naturally, reflect upon it, right? Reflect. So the first part is being mindful of it. The second part is reflecting and asking yourself this question, if I had to do this over again and had to react differently, what would I do? And the reason I want to do that is there was a study, and I forgot the guy's, the guy's name, but there was a study on basketball. They had three different groups. They had one group where the guys went to free throw line and practiced shooting. One where the guys did nothing. Another one where the, guy, where the guys mentally shot free throws. The group that shot free throws physically and mentally, almost the same reactions, almost the same results. So when you reflect on a, on a past, past um, uh, um, episode and ask yourself, what would I do differently? You're more likely to do it differently when you're there again. And a lot of us have what we call recurring things to get us upset. So when it happens again, now you're mindful of it. You've already done your mental reps. Now it's easy for you to act differently. So those are the first two things to do. Mm-hmm. Be, be mindful of it. And then reflect, reflect, and take a different action. Yep, mental reflections, and and just see yourself, envision yourself doing something different, doing something better, and being a better person, seeking a better result from a situation that you did something poorly in in the first place. I love it, Colin. It makes a lot of sense, and uh, and people should get a lot out of that because there's so much value in in that. Just in that thought process alone, uh, yeah. I, I think I don't. I think people discount the fact that that is such a huge part of the problem we face in society today. I don't care if it's here in Central Minnesota or in Shanghai, China, 
or, or anywhere else on this planet, one of the biggest things that people need to realize is we have the ability to make the world better by making our lives better. But it all starts right here. It starts up in, in between our own ears. It, it's, that's, that's where it's really at. And, and uh, being mindful of it, then starting to react differently and, and just, just making the world a better place by being better people. Let me add this because I want your audience to be aware of, you know, if you have a certain pattern or habit, it has taken years and years and years. Sometimes the older we are, the longer we've been like this. So when you're trying now to change, don't judge yourself if you can't make a change quickly, right? Do not judge yourself because if you judge yourself, you're going to give up, right? Understand it's going to take a, it's going to take a lot of practice, a lot of practice, a lot of practice. Just don't give up. And over time, you'll start to see momentum is being built. As we know, the snowball effect is actually wonderful if, it, if it's for, for positive change. Give yourself time and it will snowball, snowball, snowball and get bigger. But you have to stick in and just not give up and do not judge yourself when you when you fall off the wagon, so to speak. Get back up there and next episode, try, try, try. It just takes time. Absolutely. Do not judge yourself if you don't see results quickly. I think that that's so important. Same way with physical fitness, mental fitness, just about anything in life. And that's, you know, that goes to another topic that I'm sure we could talk about. But this this instant gratification mentality that so many people have nowadays, they want stuff to change overnight. It's not an overnight process. Like you said, people spend years, years and years building up these bad habits. It's not going to change overnight. But one thing I heard you say on your website, Colin, that, that made a lot of sense to me is those six words that make so much sense. If you follow these six words, there's no way you'll fail. I guarantee you 100% you will succeed if you follow these six words. Six words that if you follow, there's no way you can possibly fail. What are those six words, Colin? Do not stop until you succeed. Nice. That's it. Do Do not not stop stop until until you succeed. Succeed. That's it. And just let me just just add one thing here because we're talking about self-sabotage. A lot of people look at self-sabotage the wrong way. And self-sabotage occurs when we destroy ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, or deliberately hinder our success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. That is the Webster-ish like definition. But sometimes people who have gotten a level of success also suffer from unknown self-sabotage. What I mean is they let good prevent them from being great. I have a good job. I have a relationship. I have good friends. I have a good lifestyle. I'm, I'm, my health is good. And because they're satisfied with good and good is enough for them, they're not willing to go be great. I could have a much better career, but this is good. You know, I can improve my relationship with my, with my spouse, but this is good. You know what? I'm, I'm not overweight, but I'm good. But I could be even better. So a lot of times when we self-sabotage, it's because we're accepting good when our our our, our future, our, our destiny is actually something great. So don't let good get in your way of being great. That's also a form of self-sabotage. Well, Colin, I tell you what, man, you have brought incredible value to the DTH listeners. So much in this episode to unpack. It's an impressive journey that people have to find for themselves, but they really got to start with themselves. You got a great uh a great way to make that happen for them. Tell the DTH listeners, Colin, what is the best way to uh, 
get in contact with you if they want to talk to you about some coaching or get some of the tips and tricks that you've got on your website? How do the DTH listeners get in contact with you? Yeah, thank you, Will. And I think it's very, very easy. The first thing, just Google or Bing me, Colin C. Thompson. And if I'm doing my things right, you should see my face, <laughs> right? you see a black guy there. If you see a black face, that is me. Um, also, my website, O-L-I-G-Y-E.com. That's O-L-I-G-Y-E.com. That's my coaching site. I also do some speaking. Um, and speaking, the way to uh, get in contact with the speaking is very simple. ColinCThompson.com. ColinCThompson.com. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I'm uh, looking forward to the next time we get an opportunity to speak. Yeah, so there you go, guys. You heard him. You heard him. I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Colin C. Thompson, thank you very much, my friend, for being a D-Rate the Hate podcast guest. And uh, we'll catch you again. Thank you, sir. Friends, be sure to check out the show notes to find all the ways to find Colin C. Thompson or... Just use your favorite search engine. Type in D-Rate the Hate, Colin C. Thompson, and uh, it should take you right to our page. With that, friends, if there's anything in this episode that provided exceptional value to you, please make sure to hit that share button. Share it with your friends. Share it far and wide. And of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe right from our website so you can get the D-Rate the Hate podcast sent to your email inbox every week. So this is Wilk wrapping up for the week saying get out there. Be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If there is something that you would like to share with me, you can catch me on most social media platforms or you can email me directly, wilk at wilksworld.com. With that, my friends, I am going to back on out of here and we will catch you next week. Take care.